Hello and welcome my friends. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and this is Story You Talk Radio. I'm just delighted that you have reserved this hour to spend together and really get into those stories we live by. And for many of us, the stories we live by have undergone a big shakeup. So today, I want to talk to you about three ways to get your groove back. Yeah, to get your groove back and feel groovy. I'll tell you this, I am in Seattle, Washington, and it is a glorious and beautiful and sunny and wonderful day. And isn't it nice sometimes when not all the energy has to come right out of us, we can just turn to the window and see a beautiful day blossoming outside and hopefully go and engage in it. That's always the easy side. But the harder side is to figure out really how to work with our mind. Because if your mind is anything like my mind, (laughs) it doesn't take a whole lot to get out of the groove. And it can feel like it takes a whole lot more to get back into it. So, my agenda today is to help you out with that. And I got three tips for you, and I got stories and tricks and all kinds of things. I'd love to talk to you. Maybe this is something that's been on your mind, how to feel aligned again when so much is out of our control. Yeah. How do we do that? It doesn't even take a a whole world to be in crisis to feel like things are out of control. It could just be something real small, like, you know, your kids had a bad day, or something's a little off at the job, or the house isn't working right. Maybe there's a little leak somewhere. Maybe energetically you're just not feeling it. Whatever's going on, it's funny how how just around a new thought or two, our groove is existing for us. It's almost like it's waiting for us to catch up with it. So if that's a new idea for you, we're going to be talking about that more and more as we, as we carry on today on the show. And I want to invite you, if you've got a question about your life story or the story you're writing or the situations you find yourself in or just any old thing on your mind. Why don't you give me a call here? I'm at 1-888-298-5569. That's 1-888-298-KKNW. Uh, You can also write to me on Facebook. I've got Facebook open, and I'm at Debbie Handrich. It's open to the public, so just go to Messenger and send me a little note or drop a comment on the timeline. Debbie Handrich is just like it sounds. Handrich is H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. And Debbie is spelled with a Y, D-E-B-B-Y, Debbie Handrich. You can also go over to my Coach Debbie page. And I don't know what you call that, a business page, something like that, on Facebook. And I'll be able to see you wrote in. 
And right now, I don't have any questions from anyone. So if you write in, I just might honor your idea first and foremost. And just tell me if you want to stay anonymous. I totally understand that. So today, like I said, we are diving into this concept that when we get out of the groove, we got to find the way back into the groove and sooner rather than later. Sometimes when we mess around outside of our true alignment and what feels like our real path, if we get far, far, far into it, we start living the lives of the people around us a little more than we're living our own. Have you ever noticed sometimes, um, I I was just on Zoom the other day and there was this couple, friends of mine, that I I don't know now, maybe 15 or 20 years I've known them, somewhere in there. And I always thought they looked a tad bit alike, but it's so funny. Now they really look alike. (laughs) And I wonder if it's because... The, of the ways they align together, the ways they think together. They're, they're a couple that's in, in harmony, in very good unison together. And I was just noticing on the Zoom call, because, you know, sometimes those things get a little long. I was looking at them, and I thought, they look a lot more like brother and sister than they do like a couple. <laughs> and yet... It, it really sort of warmed my heart, this idea that there's this melding going on through their love for one another, looking more and more like each other. Yet, sometimes we start to, not necessarily physically or in our facial expressions, but we start to look and sound like others that we spend a lot of time with, and it wasn't necessarily our intention. Maybe maybe, uh, you have someone in your life that, for the most part, you get along with, but you find that if your cubicles are really close to each other, you start saying things that your over-the-edge cubicle mate might say. Or you might find that when you're enjoying some free time for yourself, you start to think in a way that your friends used to talk to you about, but now those thoughts are just sort of poking around in your mind. And you might even ask, what are they doing there? I remember being in college and having a really hard time with this concept because, well, you probably know that children are going to adopt the ideas of their parents as they find their way in the world. Quite naturally, we do this a bit with our spouses, and like I said, you might even if you're spending a lot of time at work doing it with your cubicle mate. But children, they're really looking toward an example. You could say they're trying to get their groove in the world. They're really just trying to figure out, how do I, how do, I do life 
on a more advanced level than I feel I'm at right now. And they watch their folks. And they watch the family around them. And they watch maybe trusted teachers. They watch authorities. And what I've learned from my studies with Carl Jung, and and not with Carl Jung, but about Jungian theory and Joseph Campbell and and even more modern day John Bradshaw, um, dysfunctional families, 12-step models, things like that, what I've really come to understand is that there's an imprint that is imposed on a child until they feel confident enough in their own thinking that they start to question the ideas of their folks. Up until then, and it's a different age for many, but I can tell you for me, I started to I started to feel the heaviness of that imprint in my teens and I was questioning all kinds of stuff. But I really, really found myself in it when I was taking classes like psychology and sociology in college, I was like 23, 24, 25. And I remember this one time. I wasn't really feeling like I was in my own groove. And I got a paper returned to me that I had written. And I kind of pride myself on, on the idea that I know how to write and that I feel somewhat accomplished and I got a paper back and had a B plus on it. Now, there's nothing wrong with a B plus, but at that time in my life, I had a lot to quibble about if I didn't see an A. I wanted to see an A, not really an A minus, a nice, strong, fat, solid A, right? That just felt good. But... Where did I get that idea? Where where did that idea come from that an A was better than a B plus? Now, you might think it's obvious. You might think, well, come on, it's on a scale. And we all know that an A ranks higher than a B plus. But here's what one teacher helped me out with. And it wasn't until I got a C one day uh, that I got this help. But I, I got a C one day, and I went, and I went into the office of the teacher with a fight. I was ready to go. And one of the things the teacher said to me was, Debbie, I, I was just assessing the, the quality of the job you did based on the assignment I asked. I'm not defining you. Oh my, this was a whole new idea to me. I felt very defined by the previous B+, and now a C, oof, I felt tremendously defined. I was so glad he had the wherewithal to sit me down and let me know there were some things in those assignments that I just wasn't quite catching on to. But he wasn't saying Debbie is a C person or Debbie is a B plus person, which isn't so bad. You know, even a C is quite average. 
He wasn't saying that at all. And I remember going home, and many of you know that I am a huge, huge proponent in the idea that keeping a a journal can save your life. So I took this to my journal. And one of the things I uncovered was that it wasn't really my idea that I had to have fantastic grades. It was an idea that I had long ago adopted. I had long ago decided, based on the examples of the authorities before me, that I was in my best groove, that I was doing my best life if I was getting good marks in the world. And I, I had come to the point in my college endeavors where I was taking this a little too seriously. So I had this chance to look it over in my journal and identify where this idea might have come from and even more authority figures that might have instilled the notion that until you come up with your own ideas, how about you follow the notion that high marks High grades are good. Today, you know what I really, really care about? I care more about aligning with what feels like my best. And I don't really want to hear what sort of marks, what sort of grades, what sort of judgment, what sort of critique another might have of me. And yet, Even if someone decides to sort of burst through my bubble a little bit and offer that critique or that grade or whatever it is, I really try to come back to what I've adopted as my groove. My groove, which is sort of my relationship with me, my groove tells me that I want to know that I'm getting up each day and just doing the best I can with what I got. Because that feels much more empowering to me than waiting for someone else to come along and make a judgment. Now, don't get me wrong. If you want to affirm me, I'll take it. (laughs) If you want to tell me I did something right, I will smile big and say thank you. Because it feels good. But I'm talking about something a little different here. I'm talking about the young person that is growing and that is finding her way in the world and adopts the ideas of others. And it's usually somewhere in those teens and those 20s when we decide it's not working for us. And we sort of put our dukes up and we find someone that often lets us know the definition we've got going on isn't really serving us. And they propose another one. And we figure out if that sets us in our groove just a little bit more or maybe even completely more than the one we've been working with. So think about that for a minute. What are some things that when they come your way that 
kind of take you down, kind of leave you feeling a little defensive. Often it's that your thoughts that you're operating by, they're not really your thoughts anymore. You've sort of outgrown them. And it's time to find your own groove. It's time to find your real relationship with that you value and with meaning and with whatever matters to you. What matters to me is showing up and doing my best. And if someone else looks at that and says, ah, I'm going to give that a B plus, well, so be it. I know what I was doing. I know. I showed up and then I'm doing my best. And so I use myself, how I feel on the inside, much more now than waiting for someone else to critique or to grade me. Because I just don't find my way into my groove by doing that. So what's going on with your groove? How you feeling? What do you want to talk about? What's that story you live by? Why don't you pop over to Facebook and send me a message or jump on to the phone lines and give me a call. I'm going to take a little break and let you have the time to do that. And we will be right back. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you're in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend. Partner. Child. Parent. Neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. Alternative Talk 1150. Talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I am honored that you have set aside some time for us to dive into the stories you live by and to be strategizing ways to get you back into your groove. That's what the topic is today. Three ways to get you back into your groove because... We're living in some really interesting times, and 
I know that there are many people that are a little bit fed up with it. So in the first 20 minutes of the show, we were talking about establishing a relationship with the self. It's just one way that we get ourselves into our groove. Sometimes we look toward authority figures, whether it be parent or leaders or teachers, to be a great example for us. We might even do it to the degree that we we adopt their thinking. And it's not until we're out and about doing more things in the world that we start to challenge and question and wonder a little bit more what our own inner guidance has to say. And my dear love calls that being in the groove. When when uh, my sweetheart and I were setting up some of our first online dates, um, not online dates, but we, we met in an online service and we were setting up a first date you know, you go back and forth and you ask sweet questions of each other. You're trying to get to know each other. and You're building up for that that first lunch that you're going to have. And I remember one thing he said to me was, can I ask you, are you a lady who's in the groove? <laughs> I, I still laugh at it. I loved that question. I thought, you know what? This this sounds like somebody I'm going to enjoy hanging out with, you know? Are you in the groove? Are you someone that understands your own groove, your own way of being? Because of course we got to start somewhere. We've got to look to those when we're young to start somewhere, but at some point What is our own inner knowing telling us? How might we start listening to ourselves and asking good questions and building relationship with ourself? For me, one of the number one ways to do it is to go to a journal and then practice things out in the world. But I know that one way that a lot of people do it is by way of spirituality or religion or values or the Tao, long-held tenets, the words of wisdom from prophets. They go to some sort of source that they know is so much bigger than them. And there are many reasons why people would resist such a source, And there are also many, many good reasons to lean in and find out about that source. Because we have been going through a time that is pretty overwhelming, I think there are more people that might be a little more open to the idea that their own personal power might need a little boost. And I know that there are plenty of people as well that have a relationship with source, with something stronger and bigger than them. And they're glad they they do. I can tell you I'm glad I do. Because I remember the days that I didn't. Uh, that I really, really was in a mindset of thinking I'm I'm completely on my own when it comes to anything and everything. 
I didn't have a relationship with nature, just for starters. Nature is a great place to look to when you're trying to comprehend the notion that, you know, there might be some source bigger than us that helps out. I know a lot of 12-step programs will start people that are committing to some sort of recovery, whether it's a, a physical sobriety or an emotional sobriety, meaning a physical sobriety from alcohol or drugs, very common, or an emotional sobriety from codependence or overactive, obsessive-compulsive thinking about things. Sometimes 12 Steps will say, uh, why don't you try, why don't you try on the idea first of looking out into nature and just noticing how it's efficient without you doing anything. Now, when this concept was introduced to me, I was going through an emotional sobriety where it was, it was all about mind. It was all about my relationship to mind. And I didn't really have a strong relationship to nature. So it, it was a high learning curve. Watching that nature works on her own. And it, it doesn't mean that she doesn't go through hard times or devastation. Not by any means. But nature has some big and magnificent working plan going on there. I mean, I look at this magnolia tree outside and... I don't have to do a single thing to benefit from the blooms of that magnolia tree. Nothing. It's all in the hands of nature. Nature decides when the rains will come. Nature, thank goodness, decided that a lot of sun would come today. Nature is in charge of when those blooms come. And nature had everything to do with the seed of the tree making its way deeply into the ground and setting those roots. But in some ways, we are a lot like nature. There's a way for us to get rooted with relationship with ourself. And if we can accept that, we might even seek something bigger, some power, some order, some value, some tenant that's even bigger, that even works a lot like nature. I can tell you this, I'm very aware of when I'm keyed in because it's usually following when I was just out in the fringe. For example, when nobody... <laughs> is calling for my business services and I know I've got marketing going on and I know that I've been asked answering people's questions and I know that I've been sending out newsletters and no one is reaching back usually it means I'm a little energetically off kilter like my mind is sort of saying 
I'd really like the business, but I'd prefer to be outside playing. Well, guess what? <laughs> that I'd prefer to be outside playing. The energy of such a message is often going to win. And it can show up in many, many ways. But what I'm learning is if I can get grounded and say to myself or to put it in my journal or to just be still with meditation or to go on a walk and allow this thought to be, this thought that, it'd be so great to just play all day long. But I am willing to be the best I know how and to show up for my business and play later. When I can really say that that's what's going to support me in the long run, not the idea of I'm going to just go outside and play and play and play until the next rainy day because don't think it doesn't come to mind. Oh, yes, it does, especially in these early days of spring and great weather in the Pacific Northwest. I just think, oh, it's sunny. I'm just going to blow off the whole day. And that relationship that I've long since tried to cultivate with myself and something bigger and stronger says, are you sure you want all that goes with that message? Because if you're not going to show up for work, no one's going to show up to work with you. And it won't just be today. It'll go on for a while. It takes a little bit to get that energy back. So to really be in the groove, you got to have a relationship with yourself, a conversation with yourself that is really aligned with your best interest. So in the first segment of the show, I talked to you that I questioned the idea, was it, was it really in my best interest to allow others to judge me with a B plus or a C for my work? No. And I got help from a teacher. The teacher let me know, you don't want to let those marks define you. And what that did was it helped me get aligned with my message. What's my message? Where's my groove? And my groove really lies in the idea that I am willing to show up. I am willing to put in a solid and thoughtful work day because I know that if I do, that energetic flow that I'm trying to create with my marketing, that energetic flow will be there people will respond. It's the way it works when I look to the example of nature. You get a tree when you put a seed in the ground and when you allow nature to do what she does best. But you don't get a tree when you put a seed in the ground and then you dig it up because, well, you want to do something else today like go out and play around. And you'll put the seed in the ground when you're darn good and ready. It doesn't work that way. One thing that nature has really taught us about getting in the groove with higher energy and higher source is to plant the seeds 
to plant them in smart and conscientious places and allow for growth. Don't go back and dig them up. Don't tell nature we need a day of rain. Nature knows what's coming. Nature knows what to do. You plant the seeds and you show up in the ways that are best, again, going back to your business. We have a new writer into the show, Melinda. Melinda writes in and says, Hi, I'm feeling a little nervous. I've never written into a show like this. Forgive me for stumbling a bit. I'm not sure what to ask. (laughs) But I do like this word groovy. And I think of myself as sort of a hippie. Would you say that that's a groovy person? Sure. Yeah. Let me just stop right there and say, yes, Melinda. Sure. Why not? That's your style. Uh, Let me find my place here. Where did I leave off? Um, ah, I make jewelry. And one of the things that has been difficult for me is that I just started my business one year ago. To come back to your theme, I don't feel very confident in my story as a jewelry maker. But I can say that I really like the jewelry that I produce. I think it's good looking stuff. But I'm mostly an online business through Etsy and I don't really know how to bring people toward me and see it. Would you say that a groovy person is one that does marketing well? Do they go together? Or can I be a little more organic about it? Hmm. You said a lot here, Melinda. So let me... Let me think about this a moment. First, I want to identify if there's any place that you're struggling. And I I think what you're saying is that you're new to business. You want to attract more. Uh, Are you telling me that you don't necessarily feel like the hippie type you've identified yourself as would be a marketer? Is that... I'm trying to read between the lines here. What I what I want to share with you, Melinda, is that even if you've just been open for a year, and, and I'm not really a business coach, but I am somebody that's had a couple of businesses, even if you've just been open for a year, even if you're a hippie, <laughs> which it sounds like fun, Um, even if you're going through with the rest of us a time of, you know, crisis in, in the world, there's no reason why, if you really believe in your product, that you can't continue on a solid path that you have begun. So I think... I think since you started your business a year ago, you probably want to return to that energy of excitement that you began something new. How are you relating to yourself when you opened your doors for business 
and started posting your jewelry on Etsy? How were you speaking to yourself? My guess is it was quite positive because it takes some gumption to start a business. But if you allow yourself to come back to that energy and that feeling of starting up, starting fresh and going for it, I think you're going to find yourself in that natural groove. And I think you will be tapping in and saying, I, I would like to receive a little more than what I can humanly do. Just like the magnolia tree. She needs nature. The magnolia tree needs nature to function, to grow, to bloom. And you also probably need a strong relationship with you and possibly with that organic power that keeps you going. So what would it feel like and look like to go back to those early days of your business and the excitement and the joy and the tingle and say, I'm, I'm going to tap into this because the alternative is to tap into what a lot of people are all worried about and caught up in. And you probably don't feel much belonging there. So try that out, Melinda. And thank you. Thank you for choosing my radio show, Story You Talk Radio, to try this out for the first time. I hope it serves you. And I do hope you'll stay in touch and tell me how things go for you. We take two breaks for this show, so the second break time is here. Uh, if you want to write in, now is a good time, and we're going to be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but... It's not. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games, but I hope he does. I hoped he'd get help. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and my agenda today is to help you find three ways to get your groove back. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about your business or your family life or your work life or your education or anything else. 
we want to be in the groove with life. We want to feel into that natural way that if we have ourselves really planted, we will grow. There is an energy that helps us grow. So we've been talking about aligning with yourself, aligning with a power that is even bigger than yourself. And when you're just a youngster, really aligning with others that appear they can give you the guidance. And definitely the guidance until you can find your own footing as a strong person in the world and clarify exactly what it is that would feel groovy to you, especially to you. So we just talked to Melinda, who was reflecting on her business, a very new business, one she's only had for a year. And during the break, I checked, but we don't have anyone else on the lines right now. So how about I just tell you this little story that... Uh, It kind of makes me laugh sometimes when I think back to living with my mom when I was a teen, Uh, about 16 I'm thinking of. We lived really close to the University of Washington here in Seattle and just young people bubbling around everywhere this time of year, springtime. If you'd go over to the University of Washington campus, you'd see these beautiful blooms of cherry blossoms and plum trees, just gorgeous campus. And you would think that would have a certain influence on me at the time, but it didn't really. I I enjoyed it, but I I didn't connect that the feeling I was having there And the feeling I could have back in my mom's house, uh, and especially in my, I had a very small little bedroom when I was 16. Uh, I I didn't really correlate the two in any way. So, ironically, I sort of rejected my bedroom. And it was just a thrashed old mess (laughs) most of the time. And my mother was on me to keep it clean. And and she would ask me, why can't you keep it clean? It's such a small room. And I really, I, I remember many times thinking, yeah, I wonder why that is. I wonder why I can't keep such a small space cleaned up. And then I'd go out and I'd go to the UW and I'd walk around the campus and it just felt so expansive and natural and and orderly based on what nature was doing to it just felt so separate from my own environment but i i grew older and and at 18 i moved out of the house and i had my own apartment and then another and then another i lived alone for quite some time one day a friend was over and she called me a neat freak and I said what (laughs) I'm a neat freak and she said yeah you you're one of those people that has a place for everything 
And I was like, oh, my goodness, if my mother could see me now, (laughs) she would be so impressed with me, you know, that I'm in this groove with cleanliness. But interestingly enough, I, I had come to question why it was that I hadn't found a groove in that small little bedroom. And all I knew was that my independence somehow was leading the forefront. My independence was, it was almost a few steps ahead of me, relying on this this source that I was making it as a young, competent, in my mid-twenties now sort of girl. And, And a certain sense of, pride and freedom and inspiration came with that and lo and behold I wasn't cluttering up my space the way I used to some sort of natural energy of sort of feeling into the groove of my freedom and the groove of my independence and my just this inspired energy naturally evolved into me being pretty darn neat and orderly and organized and liking it. <laughs> and I didn't really, I, I hadn't noticed. And then my friend said this about me. Well, let me tell you, the first thing I look at when I don't feel like I'm in my groove is my surroundings. I look at my home. I look at my office. And usually what I see is that I've got some papers piling up. Not some, a lot. Or I have projects piling up. Or... The theme of piling up really comes clear to me. And that energy of being a teen again, being cramped, not feeling free yet, not really respecting that nature and a higher energy has a way of leading us, not really feeling into that at all. Um, That cramped, cluttered, lifestyle just sort of takes over and I just don't feel I don't feel my freedom anymore somehow this natural pattern this natural groove came about so one day while I was uh, feeling really (laughs) I, I was I'm laughing at myself but I was feeling really happy that Someone had said I was kind of a neat freak. And I went back to my mom and I said, you know, I was called a neat freak by Jill. <laughs> and can you can you imagine that that could even be true? I mean, based on my teen years, that I'm a neat freak now. And she said, oh, you were always neat as a child. And I said, I was? And she said, yeah, yeah, you were... You are always neat. You you would always put your toys away. 
Sure, you like to get them out and indulge in them and play and be creative, but by nature, you if I told you it, it was time to clean up your room, um, typically, Debbie, I didn't get a fight out of you. you. You would go for it. You would put everything back where you had decided it belonged. And, you know, I didn't really know that about myself. But again, there was some natural groove, some natural order inside of me that enjoyed bringing things out and being creative and also enjoyed putting it back when I was done because maybe that freed me up to do the next thing. I find it really interesting that natural order is next to us, around us, surrounding us all the time. And yet it is typically us. It's, it's our thoughts that get us away from that natural groove, from that source. And what what a graceful thing it is to find our way back. I always feel relief when I clean up those piles. And I, I'm always surprised when piles occur because I don't like them. I don't want them. It takes me out of feeling like I'm in my own groove. And I'll tell you this. When we are under the strain of crisis, the last thing you want is to lose the connection to your natural groove. It won't serve you one bit. So what can you be doing to take you back to some example, whether it be watching that authority figure you, you admire or whether it's watching the great outdoors, whether it's leaning into some sort of program like I was talking about in, for me, it was 12 Steps that was a great program. I also leaned into the notion that being graded didn't necessarily feel so good, and I had to redefine that I liked showing up. What's true for you? What helps you find the natural order of your own groove? We don't have much time left, but I, I want to reply to Stephen, who has written in. He says, I'm listening to you via satellite. This is such an interesting topic. I am as far from neat as you can get, and I always have been. And during this pandemic, I've been having a really hard time trying to figure out how to make decisions. I don't think I've ever been a great decision maker, but some of the decisions I've made about my business lately have been poor decisions. What do you think about this? Is there any sort of correlation with me being messy and having trouble with decisions? I would appreciate any tips. Okay, I'm going to stop right there, Stephen. Hey, thank you for listening to the show, uh, for connecting via satellite. You didn't tell me where you're calling in from, but 
I'm always happy to hear from people. You know, anytime we question our decisions or we feel any blocks or we feel that procrastination is more of our friend than just that notion of going at it and cleaning up, I want to say that there's often a little fear of forward motion going on. And it's completely natural. You're you're not alone, Stephen. I I think seven billion people are on board with you that we can feel really, really overwhelmed when we know it's decision making time. And you said it's around your business, but it really it can be a, around anything, anything at all. So for you If you've never been a person that enjoyed a really neat environment, I don't think that's that's holding you back. I think for you, it could be more about the idea that you need to feel safe with whatever little scary thoughts are getting some power in your mind. Yeah? Is there someone you could go to and talk to about that? Sometimes engaging in relationship with others and just saying, hey, I got some decisions on my mind for my business and I I need a sounding board. I need someone to witness it. Or maybe maybe you don't feel as safe with others. Maybe you'd prefer to, to get into nature. Are you someone that likes to hike or kayak or walk or go on a run? Would that serve you? Because... I know this, when I'm, when I'm outside and I live real close to a park, I'm breathing strong, wow, some of those hard decisions sort of clear and I start to feel a stronger source. I start to feel like it's not just up to my thinking, but there's something stronger that just offers me a line or two and says... What about this? What about that thought? What about this high road? What about trying that old idea again? Because it worked so well last time. What about? Can you find a way to tap in? I would, Stephen, recommend that you clean up anything that scares you a bit. But I do want to say, I think you're onto something here. And... And I think there's a little bit of fear that you have to make the right decision. But what if you just start with a decision? That's going to help you feel like you're back in your groove. Hey, listen, everyone, thank you for being here today. We are talking about stories you live by. We're here every Thursday at 4, and we will be back next week. Until then, namaste, my friends. (laughs) 